welcome to a very sad episode of Double Law 7, an episode we did not plan on doing. Um, we are here, unfortunately, today to talk about the passing of our dear James Bond, the longest-running James Bond of all time, Roger Moore. Uh, it's not the episode we planned on doing next, it's not one we wanted to do, but we do have uh, a nice treat here for you today as we talk about all our great memories of Roger Moore, as well as bringing back our other co-host who's been absent and only the death of Roger Moore can bring him out of retirement. Noah will be here a little bit later. Uh, until then, we'll just start this off. My name is Colin, and Ben, what have you done? <laughs> My name is Ben, and I, I did a very illuminating thing, which actually didn't turn out to be good. Um, that was a terrible way for me to introduce myself, but hey, cool. I, I thought of that about three seconds ago. We, so, we, sure. we couldn't like dodge this or dance around it anymore, but... Ben, I think you killed Roger Moore this past week. <laughs> <laughs> Look, this is this, this, this. I just want to quickly say this because um, you know, obviously, our last episode when we were talking about that, and we were literally talking about who would die first. <laughs> and um, it wasn't like, like let's just clear it up. It was not joking around. It was a very serious moment no. where you're like, something yeah. just occurred to me. Like we're gonna lose a James Bond soon. And but like, and this is the, the freakiest thing. So I like, kind of just to date this and kind of what happened with that so i re- i was recording that at like five o'clock in the morning my time because i was a day away from traveling to the u.s where i am right now and after we'd recorded the episode colin and i you, we're discussing it like when do we put this up like when should we post this episode and you said to, you were like oh maybe we should wait to the end of the week and i was kind of like oh well look okay maybe we should just do it now just because i i can i don't know if i'll be able to post it while i'm traveling so like we posted it and i catch the plane it's 14 hour flight i land and like the two things that come up on my newsfeed as soon as I see it, I've been on the plane, was obviously there was the terrorist attack in Manchester and then Sir Roger Moore had died. Mm-hmm. And to me, I struggled. I was like, holy shit, I killed Roger Moore. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was kind of, and then it was like, it was like a thing where it's like, oh, luckily we posted that episode like when we did, because if we had waited to the end of the week, yeah. then people might be hating us uh, even more than they hate me right well, now. Well, I, I mean, we hate to be like, well, it's a good thing we did this during Roger Moore's death, but yeah. <laughs> but like in all honesty, like, we were doing a commentary, so there was no way to edit that without ruining yeah. the, the the whole commentary experience. Um, but it was just it was so funny because when you brought it up, uh, and I'd have to go back and listen to the episode, but I think I distinctly remember you saying, you know, that it had occurred to you that sometime probably in the next ten years we would be losing mm. our first James Bond, and yep. ten years became forty eight hours apparently because. That was the response that we had. We were just talking about this. And, you know, meanwhile, of course, we're all just like, no, it can't be. And, yeah. It's, yeah, it was, I mean. Awkward timing. It, it, well, it was. And like, this is the thing. It's, it's kind of, it was just, I mean, it's going to be sad no matter what. We're not saying like, hey, isn't it funny that we said this? And, yeah, he's dead. Like, we're not doing that. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, super coincidental that that happened. It's just one of those moments, I think, that you just like, holy crap, that's so freaky that that just happened so from now on i will make a promise to our listeners i will not talk about the death of any other james bond because I, I feel sean connery's on life support in the next, like, <laughs> 20, after this episode we have to do another one of these in like two weeks to sean connery and i really hope we don't have to well um i don't want to give too much away i did tease at the beginning of the episode we do have a brief conversation i say brief i think it's over half an hour long but a conversation here with our other co-host noah who's still Traveling the world as Ben's uh, on a bus from Cincinnati to Akron or something like that. I'm in a bus station in Cincinnati right now. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And on your way to where, do you want to just uh, update us? Uh, 
desperate. This is like I meant to be going to Pittsburgh. I should right now be on a bus to Pittsburgh from Columbus, but our bus got turned back because there was no air conditioning, so we're all like slowly dying. We're back here in Cincinnati. Don't say dying. Mechanic. Stop it. Oh, well, it's only me. You have I'm a bad track that. record with that. <laughs> True. Um, so, yeah, it's like we're waiting for a mechanic to come from Columbus to Cincinnati to then make our bus better again to then go to Columbus. And now apparently I've been rerouted to Cleveland <laughs> before I then go to Pittsburgh where I'm not arriving till like 5 o'clock in the morning tomorrow. So, yay for travel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Meanwhile, Noah is still in Europe, uh, in, in a dungeon somewhere, as I learned during our conversation we had. Um, there is evidence of that, too. I saw the pictures. I saw the video. But, uh, is, is this a rape dungeon? What, what sort of dungeon? <laughs> it's, uh, well, I'll just describe it like if we want to put it in context. I think we mentioned a couple of times about the dungeon, but uh, I was able to get Noah on for a brief conversation. Before we started, he showed me some video of where he is, which is, it looks to me like a very small attic room. And no joke, there's a window that doesn't open and a mini doorway that comes up maybe to like his waist or maybe a little bit higher that when you open, it opens into thin air. Like it's just you, if you were what? to walk out this door, you drop off the roof of the building. Like, <laughs> it was a uh, wow. kind of an unusual location. Some of the, I think, you know, James Bond could find a good way out of, but uh, what, what, what country is he in in Europe? Is he still in Poland or where is he? Uh, where is he? I know he was in the Netherlands and now he's in, I don't remember. Um, <laughs> he's in Europe. He's that's, in Europe still, nice. yeah. Uh, still a little bit of time. I think it, it might be Poland. Uh, if it's not, then right. yeah, we look like idiots right no, now. No, notice how Denmark. Now that I think Denmark. We, Denmark. Okay. There we go. Denmark. All right, there you go. So what we had, we had the brief chat with him on our 50th episode, mm-hmm. and now that was I did that, and then you did this one for this one. So it's kind of like he, he will never talk to both of us at the same time. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been at least 20 episodes, isn't it? So, yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah, well, right now he's not very happy with you, and that's why I had to talk Why? To him. What did I do? You killed his Roger Moore! Oh, he'll get over it. <laughs> um, I, I do want to say, you said we're not going to mention about anybody dying. If you listen to the end of the conversation here with Noah, he does talk about somebody dying. I won't give away who until it's done. Um, but, yeah. He's I, not killing Madonna. If he's killing Madonna, then fuck you, Noah. Well, like, fuck you, Noah. We'll have to listen and see. <laughs> Maybe worse than that. Um, but... I mean, we, we had to get Noah on for this episode. This is the first thing we said when we uh, realized, okay, well, we got to do a tribute episode here. Um, Noah was the biggest James Bond fan, and I think that's the reason why we had to get on. That's We, we spent a good amount of time just talking to him, mostly about his opinions. We're going to go to a bit of a conversation with Noah, and then we'll come back, and Ben and I will talk a little bit more about Roger Moore, um, you know, hopefully before Ben's bus leaves for Cleveland. But... Uh, <laughs> Uh, here, let's go just briefly uh, for conversation with uh, our long-lost host stuck in his dungeon in the middle of Denmark, Noah Groves. As soon as we heard of Roger Moore's passing, we immediately started thinking about doing this tribute episode. And I think the first thought that uh, both Ben and I had was we can't do this episode without having our third co-host, Noah Groves, on for the second appearance this year, which I guess is pretty good, uh, second appearance in two months. So we had to have him back on here to talk about Roger Moore. As he was, I think, by far the biggest Roger Moore fan, the biggest champion for Roger Moore throughout all of our uh, rankings and recaps. And uh, it, it wouldn't be right to have this episode without him. We somehow managed to pull him from his dungeon or cell that he's been locked up in in Denmark for the last couple of months 
and have him here on the show. Noah, thanks so much for coming back to talk about poor Roger Moore. Uh, thank you very much for having me. I should correct you. Uh, not was the biggest Roger Moore fan. Is the biggest Roger Moore fan. Uh, Roger Moore will live on forever. Um, he is he eternal. Illuminating. <laughs> yeah, he... Well, I, yeah, he really is. I was thinking about this, that what makes this so devastating, not just the fact we lost Roger Moore, but like, I thought Roger Moore was immortal. Like, <laughs> did anyone ever think Roger Moore was ever going to die? Like, he's just, that guy was just going to keep touring his books and all the stuff that he does like, forever. Like, I don't think anyone expected Roger Moore would ever die. I think everyone thinks he's immortal, right? <laughs> well, I mean, think about it. It was how many years ago now 32 years ago that he last played james bond and people still to this day will go back to that and say it's amazing how old roger moore was <laughs> when he did a view to a kill and yet like he lived for another 32 years after that but it's interesting what you brought up about like him being immortal because i think that will almost go for all the bonds you know the way that this sort of came about as ben you know mentioned everything that uh, when we did our Goldfinger commentary, I think it was just a week ago, uh, Ben said in the episode, "Is like, you know, it just struck me as being weird that within the next 10 years, we'll lose our first James Bond. He said 10 years. We didn't know that, that meant 48 hours on Tasmanian time. But we were talking about how weird that would be when a James Bond's gone. But in a way, it's like, well, will people, if, if all the Bonds died tomorrow, you know, does that change Bond? Are people going to look on and be like, oh, yeah, well, you know, Sean Connery, that was forever, but like these movies are discovered by new audiences. I don't think that, you know, people your age or even younger, you know, have trouble recognizing who Roger Moore is. Yeah, it's just crazy. It's just uh like yeah, Ben was talking about the next ten years. I mean the reality is that um that we are going to start losing all these big names from, I mean, we had Carrie Fisher a few months ago and all these big names are going to start going away. But I was talking to a friend the other day and I was talking about how good 2017 has been in that everyone talks about 2016 and we lost all these people. But it's like 2017, we're in May, like we're doing okay. Yeah. Um, and then we had Chris Cornell was like, what, five days before Roger Morris. Mm -hmm. So like, uh, two people were related to Bond in one way or another in the space of a week. Um, but, I mean, Roger Moore, yeah, everyone recognizes him. He's, I mean, I mean, it's hard to say the most iconic James Bond because when you think about it, like Sean Connery, Daniel Craig, uh, Pierce Brosnan, all these people are quite... George Lazenby, of course. Uh, Dalton's quite... the only one you skip, yes! <laughs> <laughs> They're all quite uh, recognizable and iconic, but, like, it's just... When you think Bond, I think so many people's parents and that, like, for them, Roger Moore is their Bond. Like, Sean Connery may be the most iconic, but for so many people, he was around for, what, 15 years as Bond. Like, everyone, or so many people view him. And I feel like there's, there was this period where a lot of people were down on Roger Moore because it was so campy or goofy mm -hmm. and all this stuff. Uh, but I feel like even before his death, there was a bit of a resurgence that people were starting to think, okay, yeah, he was really super old and he was goofy, but I think people have started to come around on Roger Moore and um, I hope that they do even more so, not just because he's dead now, but also that they this opens it up for them to really look at his performances again because I think he's a genius and I do actually think he's the best James Bond. So. See, that's, yeah. that's kind of interesting because, you know, I, I mentioned how people your age have no trouble discovering Roger Moore, so he kind of is immortal, but... It's interesting because I think you're 
definitely quite a bit younger than both Ben and myself. And I always found, like, before we started doing this, that, you know, as I think many people mentioned, whoever your James Bond is, is probably the one you grew up with. And, I mean, I didn't grow up with Roger Moore. I, <laughs> he was the old guy when I started watching James Bond movies. And everybody I've talked to who does say Roger Moore's their favorite are usually people, you know, who were born in the 60s, grew up in the 70s, and that was their James Bond. So, like, how was it that you came about discovering Roger Moore in the first place? Like, what was the first Roger Moore movie you saw? And was it, like, an instant thing where, like, I love this guy so much more if you had seen the other Bonds prior to that? Ooh, good questions. Um, I think I think the reason Roger Moore kind of came about was that um, my dad was born in 64, so... I mean, that makes Roger Moore the perfect period. Like, he would have been nine when his first film came out and then however old when his last film came out. So Roger Moore, not that my dad is a diehard Bond fan, but he did watch the films and he would talk about Roger Moore fondly, uh, which led me to believe that Roger Moore was up there with Sean Connery as the two main ones that people loved <laughs> because that was that was before, the, like, I had the internet or anything like that and I was just quite younger, so I... I just assumed that those were the two main ones, Roger Moore, and also because of how many films they both had. But um, trying to think of the first one, because my dad's favorite Bond film is Live and Let Die. Um, I, I think that may have been the first one I saw. Um, I, I still remember my mum hiring out A View to a Kill for me, still on VHS at that time. Um, which may have also been the first one. Um, yeah, I think it would be also maybe For Your Eyes Only, one of those three. Um, I don't know if it was an instant love for more. I never hated him. I never thought this is too goofy or something because I always like it when Bond doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, not to say that everything in the Roger Moore films is funny or good. Um, there's a lot that isn't. Um, but I think it's more grown over time, and uh, yeah, I've always loved him. He's never been like my ultimate. He's always the best. Um, but over time, I've grown to see that it, that he just does everything the best. Nobody does it better. Um, <laughs> sorry, um, like he 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 nails the one-liners. He nails the comedy. He nails the campiness. He nails the goofiness. Uh, he can nail the action at times, maybe not so much at Voodoo Kill, where they give him like 80 year old henchmen, but uh, he, he can really nail the action. There's some great action scenes with Roger Moore. He can do the seriousness when he's, you know, kicking, uh, I'm blanking on the guy's name, but for your eyes only out of the car. Oh, um, yeah. And he's he's got the the tie and the spy love me. Where's Beckish? Like, dropping him, like, he can nail the serious moments as well. and. Spy Love Me is just an amazing performance when he's talking about killing Anya's uh, husband or boyfriend. Mm -hmm. He can just nail everything. Like, yeah, maybe he's not the best at all of those little subcategories, but if you combine all of them into some sort of diagram or some sort of thing, he hits the mark more than any other Bond in all the areas, I think. Maybe not getting with the girls. <laughs> maybe lacking that. In that. BB and BB. Grace Jones and yeah, Mayday and all that but yeah I think overall he's the most well-rounded Bond I know people would argue with that but you're right yeah uh no it's interesting because you mentioned the spy love me bit there and I forgot about that I think 
anybody who's out there right now talking about Roger Moore, all the tribute episodes are coming from other James Bond podcasts, you know, Spectre, etc., whatever their <laughs> tribute is going to be called. Um, I, I feel like the acknowledgement is always, you know, he was so funny. He, he was so charismatic. He's so good with the one-liners. And the drama that he was able to play is often forgotten, probably because they didn't use it as much. But those moments where they did are so strong. And I remember in our Spy Who Loved Me episode when we were talking about that scene with Anya where he realized he had killed her boyfriend, fiance, or whatever he was. Just that would probably stand, I think we all agreed, as one of the best dramatic scenes any James Bond had in over 50 years. And, you know, there's there's tons of great moments like that, like especially in the more serious ones he had, like uh, Spy Who Loved Me and Fear Eyes Only. And he doesn't get enough credit as the dramatic Bond that I think he could have been. At the same time, I don't think he needed to be that. You know, if you were to have had him be a dramatic Bond like timothy dalton or daniel craig or even pierce brosnan uh i think we'd be missing something and i think it's okay that we we have him as like the one-liner bond that just had these great moments like you said he ticked all the boxes he doesn't get enough credit for you know some of the great things he was able to do dramatically and what james bond could look so suave while being in space yes Yeah, his clothes, uh, he definitely had the most interesting wardrobe for most of the Bonds. His clown suit. Yeah. <laughs> dressed up as a monkey at one point. Um. Uh, well, let's talk about View to a Kill for a second, because you mentioned it. For me, that was my first Roger Moore movie. I'm sure, you know, talk about this with Ben as well, but... A View to a Kill was the first time I was introduced to Bond, and I don't think I was aware of how old he was. I, this must just be something where he gets so much criticism now. And we did in our commentary, you know, mocking how old Roger Moore was in that. But uh, he is so good at the role that unless you're watching this in order, if that's the first time you're seeing him, I don't think you even notice how old he is, you know, because he still owned that James Bond character. And I think that's the most interesting thing to me is that he never you know, gave it a lazy effort. Even if it was ridiculous that he's in bed with, you know, all these women and in the shower with Stacy or karate sex with Mayday, (laughs) that he still owned it. I mean, there was never a lazy effort all the way to the end. And you could never say that about Sean Connery. Uh, And I'm not, you know, knocking Sean Connery because God knows by the time this episode makes air, he's probably going to be dead too now. (laughs) But... Sean Connery uh, never gave it his all through the end, and Roger Moore did. Yeah, I completely agree, and I'm exactly the same. I think A View to a Kill was one of the first I ever saw, and I never viewed him as the old Bond or anything like that. Um, Like, yeah, sometimes I think about how great it could have been if Free Rise only was his last one, but I think Roger Moore, you know... Not even after, not even just the films, but afterwards, he's the one doing the tours, and he's mm-hmm. the like. By God, I'm sure Roger Moore doesn't need the money when he's doing these tours and doing all this stuff. Um, but he's the one there talking to fans. He's writing books about James Bond. He is the most active of all the James Bonds. I mean, George Lazenby tries, but I mean, <laughs> the spy fest at random place in New South Wales or something <laughs> like. Um, Roger Moore was. And is the most active of all the Bonds, like Daniel Craig slashing his wrist, Pierce Brosnan, he's got other films, Timothy Dalton, I mean, he's off being crazy somewhere, um, Sean Connery, who knows where, maybe Sean Connery is dead, like, at this point, and just no one knows about Nobody's it. Nobody's been told. Um, yeah. 
but Roger Moore was always up to the moment he died pretty much was always there talking to the fans doing this stuff um, so it, it extends beyond just his last performance his dedication to this series and um, I think it kind of helped that by the end he was quite old that he didn't need to worry about James Bond defining his career because for, for all intents and purposes his career was over in terms of these big films he was going to do um, so I think that really helped and the man was just James Bond personified outside he had the charm outside of the films and inside so uh, yeah his dedication went just beyond the final film I think uh, now you know Ben and I obviously talked about <laughs> we're probably going to lose James Bond we're so sorry everybody <laughs> we didn't mean it <laughs> um, did you I don't know how closely you followed Roger Moore. I mean, we saw him doing a lot of publicity recently, but uh, did you know anything beforehand about, you know, uh, the, the fact that he was battling cancer or anything like that? Like, had you been following him personally or on Twitter? Or anything? <laughs> following. Yeah, I'm not in Denmark. I was following Roger. <laughs> uh, no idea. I don't know. Did people know? Because I was, I was in Lithuania at the time and I looked at my phone. Uh, yeah, I was... I was doing an interview and then I came out of it and then I, I get a message on my phone <laughs> from uh, was it from you or was it from Ben? It was, I think it was one from of Ben, you. yeah, because I read it around the, I think just after you did. Yeah, and it was just like what? No, straight to Google and this was in the middle of the day of doing all this. Not that I don't believe Ben, <laughs> <laughs> but it was the same thing I did too. <laughs> Roger Moore died. We're like, no way. <laughs> Yeah, whatever, Ben. Um, and yeah, I was in the middle of a day where I was working, so that was a bit of a, bit of a downer on the day, but it was just so shocking. It was like, I guess, yeah, he was 89, 90, so maybe it shouldn't have been as shocking, but it was just so shocking. I mean, yeah, did people know about this, or was this as big of a shock to everyone than it was to me? Well, I, th that's funny because I, just before we started this, I looked to see whether this was something that was well known because all the stories that came out said, you know, he. Yeah, he kind of was hiding it, not hiding it as in I don't want anybody to know, but that he, he didn't want to draw attention to it. You can find, yeah. you know, like uh, articles where it says like in 2012 that he was being treated for skin cancer and everything. But like that was five years ago. And if nothing's really brought up since, I think that's one of the reasons it came as a bit of a shock. Um, we kind of just gave our where were you when you found out Roger Moore died. That's going to be our generation's JFK, maybe. I don't know. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's sad because I think we didn't know. But in a way, that almost improves his personal legacy as well. Because you know, he didn't go out as this guy, you know, wanting people to feel bad because he's you know, dying from cancer or whatever. And like I said, he just put a book out. What was it like two years ago around the time of Spectre or it might've been uh, sky. I think it was after Skyfall. So only a couple of years ago, he put out a James Bond book and you know, he was touring and promoting it. And like you said, he never stopped doing that. Uh, I would make the argument that he's probably had more publicity than any James Bond short of Daniel Craig within the last five years since then. And it's just, it's nuts how uh, much he kept in the public eye for this. You know, maybe he wanted to go out and, uh, remind people of everything and get this book out there. I don't know if he knew he was going to be passing or whatever, but he wanted to get this stuff out there so that people would have this great memory of him. Yeah, and it's kind of all the more devastating because remember there was that news and I don't know how tabloidy this news was and how much truth there was to it, but they 
I think it was Roger Moore wanted to get together all the bonds for yeah. some sort of like crazy expendables type, mm-hmm. which would have been awful film, but it would have been amazing at the same time. And uh, like, but just imagine George Lazenby and Sean Connery and Roger Moore and Timothy John. Like, it would have been amazing, amazingly bad, but amazing. So, yeah, all the more devastating. Like, I mean, it's not like we can sit here and talk about like someone like Carrie Fisher who you know, still had Star Wars Episode Nine to film or mm-hmm. something like that. It's not like we can look back and think, oh, we've missed out on so much of Roger Moore. Uh, we got the best of Roger Moore, and he was doing this touring, and it's devastating to see him gone, but I think he goes out with a kiss-kiss, bang-bang. Yeah. We've seen the best that he could offer, and he really gave us so much content in his life for us to look back on. So I don't think we can... We can be sad about it, of course, because it's devastating, but we also should look back on all the great things he has done and how much he did actually give us, and he still holds the record for most modern films, and probably will. Yeah, um, and you know, you sort of mentioned with A View to a Kill, like he he sort of left James Bond and didn't really leave anything left to do with it. Like That was sort of the end of his career. He did do things after that. I mean, it, it took a long time for him to get back and even cameos and stuff like that, but he was an actor who kind of went out on top and you think about the success of you to a kill had at the age he had to go out at the highest point of your career and, you know, really kind of wrap up his career at that point was great so that we're not looking back on him as a Timothy Dalton saying, what do you think he could have done if he had one more movie or, you know, Pierce Brosnan we have, I think for every James Bond we've had that so far. We, he's the only one who's been able to wrap things up in a way that's satisfying for people. I mean, Pierce, oh, well, maybe he should have been given one more movie after Die Another Day to make up for that <laughs> garbage. Uh, Timothy Dalton, what if he'd been given a third to really catch on? You know, Sean Connery, should he have stuck around for Honor Majesty's Secret Service? You know, Daniel Craig, what happens if he doesn't come back? We'll get the same thing. And Roger Moore, he just, he was able to finish it and probably be our only complete Bond with a complete series. Yeah, that's a good point. And, I mean, yeah, if you think about it, he's one of the only ones that went out on his own accord. Like, mm-hmm. Brosnan kind of fired, Dalton kind of had that extended hiatus, um, uh, Lazenby, who knows what really happened there, but um, we can speculate. Um, Connery kind of did, but it was a weird thing of going and then coming back and doing this weird thing and then never say never again. Like, there was never a real closure with Connery. Yeah. Um, so it remains to be seen with Craig. Um and I mean, Barry Nelson went off on a high note. Like he had a great closure, but um, yeah, it remains to be seen with Craig. But he really is the only Bond that went out on his own terms, I think, and that has to be respected and admired and noted. I think. You know, as a huge Roger Moore fan, uh, I'm going to ask and maybe put you on the spot. But have you seen anything oh, else no. he's done outside of James Bond, or do you really just stick to that series? <laughs> um. Let me think. I was watching an episode of The Saints. Yeah. Uh, this was after his death, though. That, um, I think it's mainly Bond. Like, I'm a huge fan of Roger Moore and his interviews and Roger Moore is Bond, but I just don't think I've had the opportunity to really... I'm just looking at his filmography now to see if there's something <laughs> that... But really, he's known for Bond and for The Saint. Um, and... He doesn't really have that iconic film outside of that. Well, that's um, that's kind of what makes him great too, because like we're saying, you know, he went out on his own terms. He lived being James Bond all the way to the end. He was the spokesman for the series all the way to the end, 
And I'm looking through this, and I'm like, I'm a huge Roger Moore fan. I don't think I've seen any of these others. Maybe I've seen part of the quest with Jean-Claude Van Damme when my brother rented it and we were kids. But outside of that, you know, it is James Bond, and Roger Moore was okay with that, too. So, like, he loved the fact... Most people complain, oh, I was typecast as this character, and he continued to support that all the way to the end. And people may say, oh, well, he, uh, you know, he only had that, so that's all he had to hold on to. It's like, don't forget, Roger Moore tried to leave this series after Fear Eyes Only, and they kept bringing him back. And that also shows when people try to look at, you know, the 80s and Octopussy and A View to a Kill. I mean, those movies were huge, and they had trouble replacing Roger Moore for a reason, because the public didn't want anybody else, despite his age. Yeah, I mean, it is crazy, crazy to think that Craig is actually coming up on the same amount of years, almost, yeah. right? Uh, so Craig is at 11 uh, 11 years, right? So, uh, how long was Roger Moore? 12, was, I think. 12 years. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, if Craig does one more film, he becomes the longest running Bond. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we look back, and I don't know if it's just because he has seven films or what, but it just feels like Roger Moore was in the series forever. Like, mm-hmm. he, I mean, he was James Bond over two decades, um, which, yeah, I mean... Brosnan kind of was, but he was only in there for seven years or so. Um, that he was almost two generations James Bond. Yeah, it's crazy. And um, I think even if Craig overtakes him in terms of years, I think people will always remember more as the longest running Bond, be it through films or whatever. And yeah, he was so dedicated to it. Yeah, and uh, I, I'm so glad, like you said, that you know his reputation was not so great a few years ago, and now people have really embraced him like they did that before his death that's another thing that makes it great is that people recognized what he brought to him like you said two generations james bond that really is true because uh you look at like live and let die and man with the golden gun and then you transition to spy who let me mean the series went through a change there and i think that's one of the other reasons why it feels like he was there longer is because all of his movies feel completely different you know Uh, and that's not something that a lot of the other bonds have um do you have uh, a favorite or even a few favorite Roger Moore moments from the series that stand out as like the the definitive Roger Moores? A genuine Felix Lander. <laughs> <laughs> still to this. It's so dumb, but it still makes me laugh. Um, oh, let me think. I mentioned I still love the moment with... Uh, Spy Love Me when he's on the pyramid with, I think, Sandor, if you say mm-hmm. right. Um, Where's Brackish? I still love that. Oh, yeah. um, and, I mean, it's not known as one of his greatest moments, but I just love the car scene in the Spy Love Me. Not the Lotus, but when Jaws is attacking the car and oh, you're yeah. and, and uh, in there in Cairo and he's just making all these one-liners, <laughs> one after another after another, and the women drivers and all this stuff. And, like, it's not known as a iconic Roger Moore moment, but I just love it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, let me think. There's just so many. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. What else is there? It's just every film I can think of just has something iconic. Um, what are some of your favorite Moore moments? Um, Fear Eyes Only, uh, the... Um, uh scene uh, with the hockey players i was very fond of that <laughs> uh in, in all honesty um it was uh um 
I think an octopusy uh, was that the one? No, View to a Kill. <laughs> Pola Ivanova, <laughs> the bubbles tickling the Tchaikovsky. But just the way he had, because the, the second thing I was going to ask about was about his your favorite leading lady or the chemistry he had. And that's kind of what goes along with my favorite Roger Moore moment is that it didn't matter who you put him in there with. He had great moments with every leading lady. BB. I mean, the, <laughs> who can forget? People complain about BB, but... How great is that you get your clothes on, I'll buy you another ice cream. Or, you know, pull even over the, all these random characters, and yet his chemistry with them was crazy. You know, he complained about play? how you know he felt awkward with Tanya, and that may be the only one he didn't have great chemistry with. But, I mean, there's very few Bonds who can do that, very few actors, period, who you can put them in there with that many women. I mean, let's argue two to three women at least per movie. And the chemistry is just like, you know, in outer space that he has with these women. Yeah. Um, I think it's just, and even with like him and with the allies and stuff, the only person really not was Moneypenny, which was a shame. Mm -hmm. um, but I think they had chemistry. It's just, it wasn't like sexual chemistry. It felt like, you know, good friends or brother and sister. Friends, yeah. Which they were. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, he just really. With everyone, even no matter how good the the girl was or not, like even with Rosie Carver, and, uh, like Mary Goodnight, even with those girls or um, Holly Goodhead, it just worked all the time. Um, Thank you for mentioning Rosie Carver. <laughs> first time in a long time. That name, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, and just moments as well. The pre-title sequence for Spy Lovely. Fern and um, sorry, I misquoted that, but you know the Union Jack and everything, um, and yeah, it's just everything. He just has so many iconic things, and I love it. Um, not that you'll ever have to defend Roger Moore again, because from even the <laughs> point we started this podcast, I'd say, you know, within the last two years, people have embraced Roger Moore more than they did even two years ago. Uh, but if you had to make one last argument for why Roger Moore was the greatest James Bond, as we've already finished our rankings and all that, what would be your argument to make? I think the argument would be a summary of everything we've talked about. So uh, his dedication outside of the, the show, I mean, the series, um, just how charming and suave that guy is. Like, we didn't touch on that enough, but he's just... The most charming person ever alive um and just fits james bond so well um i think he doesn't have the sean connery look but i think he definitely has the bond look like you see someone like daniel craig you like, oh that doesn't really look like what james bond should look like mm -hmm. i think he definitely has that um the chemistry he has with the people no matter how bad the film is or how bad the bond girl is it just always works and even with the villains and the allies um with M, uh he can do the action, not always the best, but he's done some great action, he's done some great car scenes, done the serious stuff that we touched on. He does the best one-liners out of anyone, genuine feeling slider, every, all of that. Um, there's just so many, like, I was watching a video, but it was like 50 of them the other day, and they were all great, um, like, amazing ones. Like, like you know, when he shoots the guy out of the tree in the Moonraker, and you missed, no, did I? <laughs> everything is just amazing like, i forgot um, about that one that is an amazing moment <laughs> did yeah, i just, and only roger only roger moore could do that and the silliness of just the guy being shot and then then just walking away it's just but only roger moore could pull that off um 
and just the fact that you know he we saw so much variety from him. Yeah, he got old, but then we got to see an older Bond. <laughs> what would it be like? Um, and we just got to see some really goofy movies from Moonraker and some really serious uh, Spy Love Me. He had it all. There was not like you look at Craig, and not to say the Craig films haven't developed, but they're all very similar. Um, they've got their differences, of course. Spectre, Convento, Casino Royale are different, but they're all kind of samey-samey. Almost the same with Timothy Dalton as well. Um, Brosnan also kind of have they all had the same feel but the more films it's just like yeah uh, Living Like Die Man with the Golden Gun kind of feels similar Spy Love Me kind of stands on its own Moonraker and Octopussy kind of have this goofiness and he's just got so much variety he's the most diverse Bond he's the funniest Bond he's the most dedicated Bond and Roger Moore is the best nobody does it better <laughs> nobody does it better <laughs> Why do you have to be so good? <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. Did I sell you on Roger Moore just then? I'm well, sure the, the last thing I wanted to say was. was that, you know, I didn't really need selling on Roger Moore. I was one of these people who uh, was down on Roger Moore when we started this. Uh, I always liked him, but I, I definitely didn't love him as much as the others. And uh, I think at least in one area, you did sell me, and that was I used to hate Live and Let Die. And the weirdest thing happened when we were covering Live and Let Die is that you went into it saying, like, I love this movie so much. I went into it saying, I hate this movie so much. And we came out of it with you saying, yeah, it's not as strong as I thought it would be, and me saying, I actually really enjoy it now. <laughs> and that's when Roger Moore was not playing like the Roger Moore we know to, to love later on where he even felt like they were writing him like Sean Connery. And I think that's a credit to that he can pull off a character that wasn't suited for him at all. And, you know, I came out of that being a much bigger fan of Live and Let Die than I ever would have before. And I know that Ben has had tons of opinions changed. So you have successfully uh, convinced two people of the benefits of Roger Moore, even if uh, one of us kind of liked him and the other one didn't at all. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think I actually said it in like one of our final episodes, and correct me if I didn't say this, I'm just making it up, but I think I went into it saying, you know, it was kind of my mission statement to change the minds on Roger Moore. So it's not just this rest in peace type episode that I'm saying this stuff. I would think I was saying this, you know, through the entire series. Um, and, yeah, Ben, I mean, you're going to talk to him uh because we now refuse to be on at the same time together, so you have to do separate interviews because we're no longer talking. Um, <laughs> but Ben will talk about this in that, like, he, remember, he hated him. He was mm -hmm. saying, Roger Moore is by far the worst. He sucks. Stupid. Mm -hmm. And then we got to the Roger Moore films. Oh, it's going to take forever. We're going to be talking about Roger Moore for so long. And I think we kind of changed his mind. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't think Roger Moore is the best, and I forgot where he put him in the rankings. Probably still second last or something. Um, but I think, he, or maybe fourth. I think he may have actually put him. Um, I think his mind was genuinely changed on Roger Moore uh, for, for the much better. And you'll talk to him more. But if there was one thing we could do to change Ben's dumb opinions, other than why he likes Madonna and Die Another Day, it's changing his mind on Roger Moore. And I think we successfully did that. Yeah. Uh... Um, Roger Moore was just the first project. Die Another Day is next, so we promise our viewers. <laughs> yeah, we're working on it. Yeah, it uh, took us two years to get him on Roger Moore. It took us two more years to deprogram him for Die Another Day. Yeah, so, I mean, we'll have him talking about it in the Rest in Peace Madonna episode, whenever <laughs> that may be. But Don't uh, say that. Our track record with bringing up that people might possibly die has not been so good this week. <laughs> oh, God, I'm just looking at the news. Madonna passes away <laughs> at 87. 
Oh, oh sorry. 50. Sorry. I don't know how old Madonna is. <laughs> I just want to bring up one more thing. As a testament to this, uh, I just went to look at where we ranked our Bonds. Uh, for the record, Ben ranked Roger Moore at fourth. Um, nice. I ranked Roger <laughs> Moore at fourth. You ranked Roger Moore at number one. Um, I actually, I, somehow I remember you, you ranked, ranked him at fourth? Yeah, well, I, I had Daniel Craig third, Pierce Brosnan, Sean Carter. I mean, and it's no knock against Roger Moore to be fourth among you know uh, my favorite Bonds. But um, yeah, interestingly enough, uh, that episode just to show the power of persuasion or um, mind control. It was <laughs> the title of our ranking the Bonds episode is called a genuine rankings episode. So... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I highly recommend you listen to it. If spoiler alert, we just told you where Roger Moore finishes, but yeah, definitely first. Um, but yeah, there was lots of like we never really did Roger Moore impressions, but then for some reason in that episode, we were doing impressions of everyone. So, mm-hmm. uh, highly recommend you listen to that for more Roger Moore. Love. And one more last thing to add, and I'll mention this with Ben as well, but uh, more success of you deprogramming Ben. When we did, I think it was the Man with the Golden Gun commentary, his intro, he did in the impression of Roger Moore. It's like, thank you for joining 007 for this illuminating commentary. The entire commentary was done as Roger Moore, and he never would have done that at the beginning. Oh, God, I'm sorry for you. <laughs> that sounds awful. Um, it's unfortunate that this is what we had to talk about to get you back on the show for the first time in a few months, but... Uh, I'm sure there'll be more to come for all the Noah fans out there. Once you've been uh, broken out of your cell in Denmark, I'm sure you'll be back on to talk more stuff. I mean, I promise to come on for an episode again, no matter what, if Ben dies. Yeah. <laughs> the tribute Ben <laughs> episode <dark>. next. <laughs> the rest of peace Ben episode. I'll, I'll, I'll try and make it. I mean, I'm busy, so... Uh, yeah, well, not, because I'm sure cable can be. we will guarantee that you won't have to be in the same room if that happens. So, <laughs> yeah, so but, I mean, you've sold me already on it. So, yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks for having me back on. It's no, it's been a while, and I'm sure I'll make a return in a year or so. Um, but you know, even though you can never be too busy for coming on and talking about Roger Moore, especially in a time like this, so super sad, but also super happy to get to talk to about him again and. Um, I haven't had the time, but I'm planning on watching at least one Roger Moore film sometime this week. Probably The Spy Love Me, but yeah. maybe one of the other ones. I'm sure I'll start one, and then by the, by like two weeks' time, <laughs> I'll see the whole series again. But um, at least, yeah, The Spy Love Me. I want to at least watch one because I, I think he's great, and I want to remember his performance. And, yeah, so it's sad, but also bittersweet because it brings Roger Moore back in, and I get to check him out again and uh, talk about him again. So fun time. And that was Noah surviving his dungeon and <laughs> promising to come back on when Ben's dead. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Noah. Thanks for that. Like, <laughs> seriously, I don't want to catch his bus right now. I'm terrified. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Look at, like, this premonition or whatever you had has just, like, put the fear of God in everybody here. Because we all know that whatever Ben says next, somebody will die. I'm, I'm Nostradamus. <laughs> I'm the 21st century Nostradamus, apparently. Ben is the so, giver yeah, and taker of go. life on Double Us, apparently. <laughs> yes. You, there, there, there you go, listeners. Email us in, tell us who you want gone, and I'll make it happen. Um, we have to touch a little bit on what Noah and I said on the end there, which is, 
you know, if we go back to the beginning of this show, Noah really set himself up as like the big Roger Moore fan. As I said, he ranked Roger Moore number one in the Bond rankings. I think both of us had him in fourth place. Uh, but mm. you know, Noah remembered, and I forgot until he mentioned it that when we started this, you hated Roger Moore. Like you, I mean, I, I don't know if I would say you hated Roger Moore, but as far as the James Bonds go, like you really didn't have a lot of love for him, and that was. Before we started the rewatch of all the movies, your thought was, I am not into Roger Moore, you know, maybe a view to a kill, as we found out later on. But throughout the process, I don't know if it was Noah's persuasion or just rewatching it, but like you really came around on Roger Moore. So I kind of have to find out, like, what was different from you two years ago when we started this to now and how your opinion on Moore has changed? I think that, I mean, it wasn't hate, I, I will say. I mean, hate's a strong word, as you told in school, but. Um, it, I think it was just kind of, he's one of the films that I would always watch the least and like my opinion of him because I think the, the ones I'd seen the most of his were his later ones where he was, he was old. Mm-hmm. So it was like, I mean, you know, even as we've talked about through A View to a Kill, as much as I like the film, I mean, he's still Grandpa Bond in most of that film. So it's, I guess I kind of had that thing where it's just like he was, he was around for so long and it just kind of it tarnished that image of me. And, and again, they weren't ones that I would watch often. So when we obviously watched them all and went in order with everything, it, um, you know, it gave me a new perspective. Because, I mean, some of those films I hadn't seen in, in 10 years, you know, I hadn't seen in a very long time. And I guess kind of once you're watching them back to back and you kind of see him from, you know, young Bond to old Bond, it's just, it's, I guess, you kind of, by the time you're at the end of it, you're like, oh, he's all right. Like, you know, he's he's still there. Good old Roger, you know what I mean? And... And just, like, as we kind of discovered all the little quirks with him and, you know, just his facial expressions, his one-liners and kind of just, I think, as we went through them all and, like, you, how we appreciate, you know, the films that they were trying to put out at the time with him in it. Like, and, yeah, I, when we did that Bond, the, the rankings one, I think I'm probably said in the episode from memory that, like, I would have never gone into that before watching these films thinking I would not have Roger Moore last. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I mean, yeah, fourth still doesn't sound brilliant, but I mean, you know, it's it wasn't last. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I I just think that I've had a lot of fun, kind of, you know, going over it. And it's fun to talk to like you and Noah in terms of like bouncing those opinions off each other and kind of, I guess, you know, have being influenced in certain aspects. I mean, you know, clearly I'm never going to influence you to how good Die Another Day is, <laughs> but like it, it's, I mean, you know, it's worth a shot. But yeah. it's kind of on the positive side of things. Like I'm sure. I would hope maybe that some of the things that I've had opinions on on certain subjects have influenced you too. Same, similar to what you would say on Noah and I, and then Noah obviously on yourself and I. So I guess that's kind of where I've gone full circle with Sir Roger. I think, yeah, that's true. A lot of this was persuasion, and you, know, you just have one person defending it in a way you haven't heard it before. Uh, I don't know if my opinion of Roger Moore changed that much. I mean, I ranked him fourth as well, and Noah was kind of appalled with that, but. I mean, that's a strong fourth for me because I loved Roger Moore, even going into this, and it always bothered me the hate that he got. Um, and I think that's the other thing that's changed. You know, when we started this even two years ago, there was a reason why Noah said he was going to be the one championing uh, Roger Moore because people weren't doing it even two years ago. I don't know if it was, you know, maybe around the time of Spectre where he started to come out more and more as, like, the spokesman for Bond. I mean, I think he did probably even more around Skyfall, but... Uh, Noah and I mentioned this a little bit, but it almost seemed like now that we know that Roger Moore probably knew he was, you know, uh, in his last years, 
he got out there in the public eye more than he was before that. Did it seem that way to you, or is that just me? Yeah, no, I definitely said, and that's one thing that I think I always talked up about, Roger, that probably out of all the actors who have played Bond, he was the one that spoke fondly about it the most. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, obviously Pierce would do it. He still does it every now and then, but, I mean, Pierce is still, I guess, out there doing other films. I mean, they're still spy films, but you know what I mean. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but, but like, yeah, like, I always respected that about him, and, and I've always... I've always been that way with, I guess, like actors who play iconic roles that they're always typecast for. You know what I mean? So, like, you know, I always appreciate that Mark Hamill will always play up to being Luke Skywalker mm-hmm. because that's who only people will know him as. And again, Roger Moore had other roles and was known for other things, but everyone knew him for James Bond. I mean, what were the headlines when he died? You know, James Bond actor Sir Roger Moore passes away. Mm-hmm. You know, so. I always, and it's, it's interesting that you say that in terms of like, maybe he was doing that a lot more because he knew that he was, you know, not going to be around for that much longer, which, I mean, that kind of makes it nice. It kind of makes it sad. Um, but I mean, look, he, he would always talk about, I mean, he did a, one of the James Bond podcasts, I believe, in the last year or mm-hmm. so. Um, and I mean, obviously we, you know, spoke to his management a couple of times and were politely declined, but you know, hey, we can at least say that, you know, we were politely declined by the Roger Exactly. Moore, so. <laughs> you are listening to the uh, Australia slash Canada's only James Bond podcast be de- politely declined by Roger Moore's management on multiple occasions. I would rather not do the interview with you. I only do it with the other podcast. <laughs> well, see, there's the other thing. Like, people will often say, oh, Moore was good with the comedy, but he wasn't a great James Bond. I think we too often try to compare the Bonds together, like, you know, Sean Connery, was this Daniel Craig is, you know, the the book Bond or even Timothy Dalton. Uh, But the the thing is that Roger Moore really did just play Roger Moore, which I think is where a lot of the criticism came for years. He wasn't playing James Bond. He was playing Roger Moore as James Bond. But that's kind of where, you know, we see how your reaction especially has changed more over the, the last two years. And I brought this up with Noah. You know, you did an entire intro to the Man with the Golden Gun commentary as Roger Moore impressioning roger moore you know we all have the quite illuminating a genuine felix letter like we all have the more impression now that we've patented and we even named our rankings episode a genuine rankings episode like roger moore has taken over this but it is just roger moore like you could say you know sean connery as james bond pierce brosnan as james bond roger moore just was roger moore and I think that's kind of what turned people off for years, and that's kind of the appeal of him now. Is when you see him in interviews as an 82-year-old man, you're still hearing James Bond, you know, talking yeah. to J- messing with Jaws or uh, uh, Scaramanga or something. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I mean, I also say he's probably the easiest person to impersonate out of all six of them. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, Shaw, Sean Connery, Lazenby. I mean, now Lazenby. You know, There's a lot of Lazenby impressions out there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, I would just speak like I do because he's Australian and, and there you go. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I agree with that. Like, it, it's kind of, it's a very good point to think that it's just, yeah, he's not, I mean, he's that real, I guess he kind of embodies that real sophisticated Englishman because, mm-hmm. I mean, he's also the only Englishman to, well, Daniel Craig, I guess, to play James Bond before Daniel Craig came about, which is kind of interesting because James Bond is so quintessentially British People think English when they think British for the most part. And, I mean, yeah, like, it's, it's kind of, I think we've talked a lot about, you know, the, the sophistication of James Bond and how that's portrayed. And you would argue that, yeah, Roger Moore, 
brought that in in spades because he's a very sophisticated gentleman. Um, but yeah, I, I think we need to just do an episode in the future where we just we just all stay in character. Yeah. And just like, <laughs> you know, when when all six of them are dead, hopefully that won't be for a long time. We can just do like what the Bonds would say in heaven or something like that. I don't know. Uh, it's probably a very morbid episode, but, but hey. Well, so was the Goldfinger commentary now in retrospect. <laughs> yeah, true. Don't listen to that episode. Don't go back and listen to that episode right now. I, the police might listen to it. They might come and arrest me. You murderous bastard. There's, uh, there's something funny. Like you, you talk about the sophistication. I completely agree with that. But at the same time, it's weird that we can look at Roger Moore as like the epitome of sophisticated Bond, which was more what... Terence Young brought in in Doctor No than what Ian Fleming brought him in. I've mentioned before in the books, Bond would basically scoff at anything that wasn't like eggs and bacon for breakfast. Like he was your typical <laughs> man's man and the the yogurt and green figs and stuff like that were more done as jokes where he's like, oh, they're making me eat this garbage. Uh, but with Roger Moore, he had that sophistication, yet they did less with it. When you look at the Sean Connerys, they made him sophisticated by sitting there critiquing you know, different uh, uh, wines or, or whatever he was drinking um, and giving the years for them. And with Roger Moore, it almost like they took a step back in that sophistication. Like, can you identify anything Roger Moore ever drank during Bond? You know, uh, he... he Foo yuck. <laughs> exactly. Foo yuck is the only one. <laughs> but it's just, he just, he had that natural sophistication about him, but it wasn't pompous. That's the other thing. He's almost more than all the other Bonds, the most identifiable Bond, I would argue. Yeah, and that's interesting because it's it's kind of, you know, you talk to just your casual James Bond fan and, you know, generally they're going to say, obviously Daniel Craig being that he's Bond right now and because when, you, you know, we were growing up, it was, it was Brosnan because mm-hmm. he was Bond at the time, but then a lot of people generally go to Connery and it's kind of, it's it's interesting that you say all that because I don't know if I've ever really had a conversation with just a casual James Bond fan where they'll talk about Roger Moore more so than the other ones. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think I, I told that story that time. I, one time I was with my mum, and she was saying that she found Roger Moore very attractive. <laughs> and I was like, really? Really? Like, just don't see it. But, um, yeah, yeah I, I forgot the point of your question. But, like, yeah, it's... it's, it's um, sorry, Cincinnati does things to me. But, yeah, it's... it's I mean, it's interesting that... Because, I mean, obviously, given he was in the role for the longest, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, you, you would assume that there would be, I guess, more recognition for that in terms of... Yeah, it's not just a Connery. It's not just a Craig. And, uh, again, I've just I've lost the point of what I was saying. So <laughs> I'm just I'm apparently Noah's witch is catching on to me. I'm slowly fading away. <laughs> uh, you've made children cry too. Apparently, <laughs> they're like Roger that, 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 Moore's dead. Why didn't you tell me this, Mom? <laughs> it's been two weeks. Yeah, I've had a baby since I've been over here. I've called a Casper, <laughs> and just as per usual, it's going to cry all the time. That's that's what happens on our episode. <laughs> um. With Roger Moore, you know, you said like you'd seen his movies the least, but do you remember the first Moore you saw and what your reaction was? It would have, it would have actually. I was going to say a View to a Kill. I think it might have actually been Moonraker because I think, as I discussed in that episode, like when my dad's showing them to me, he's like, "This is James Bond in space," and you're kind of like, "What?" Um, and yes, I know it's only the last twenty minutes. You don't have to bring that argument <laughs> into it, but. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, so it would have been Moonraker, and then not far if it was a view to a kill. So I don't think that I, like, ever saw... Like, Live and Let Die was one of the last ones I would have watched, you know, nice young Roger Moore. Um, and, and, 
yeah, a lot of the 70s ones. Uh, I feel I've seen Man with the Golden Gun a few times more so than the other ones, but um, yeah, I, it would have had to be Moonraker, I'm thinking. Yeah, for me, I think it was a view to a kill. Um, and I got into, I've mentioned it many times in the show, I got into the Bond movies uh, having seen maybe one or two of them, but one day when they had a marathon, I think it was right after I came home from Tomorrow Never Dies, and they had the marathon playing you know, several of the Sean Connery movies. It was Dr. No Goldfinger and Thunderball. And then the next day they had a marathon and they were showing yeah. A View to a Kill in the Living Daylights. And A View to a Kill was the first one I'd seen. And I'd only been exposed to Pierce Brosnan and three Sean Connerys literally the night before. And then I'm watching Roger Moore, which is a very different tone of View to a Kill. And it never occurred to me that he was old until I saw it in the context of watching it in order. You know, And I think that's the other thing mm-hmm. is that more... Yes, he looks old, but he only looks old in comparison to his other roles. He never acted it as an old man. I mean, you could say, well, he's only fighting old men in the movie. Well, that's a dead giveaway when we're doing commentaries, but yeah. not so much when you're watching the movie. And I loved A View to a Kill at the time. I have some complaints about it now, and I think I probably took more shots in our View to a Kill commentary about his age than you did, surprisingly. But, you know, it's all in good fun because Roger Moore was somebody I loved even having come off of Pierce and Connery, who were very different. And I followed that up the second of You to a Kill ended, Living Daylight started. And within like 10 minutes, I'm just like, I don't like this Dalton guy. Bring back the old man, you know? <laughs> wow. And you, still, and you still have at least stuck with that opinion. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Something's never changed. Dude, make this Dalton guys. You're probably thinking the whole time, like when we had that conversation the other week, you're like, why couldn't you have been like, oh, will Timothy Dalton be the first one to die? Because <laughs> then you'd be on this episode going, Yay! <laughs> Well, something else you mentioned earlier about how Roger Moore hasn't done much since being James Bond. Obviously, he's very famous for the Saint TV show, which, I, have you ever seen it? I've seen maybe, I think, two no. or three episodes. I was just, I was just literally thinking, I, I, off the top of my head, I don't believe I've seen Roger Moore in anything else but James Bond. I, I can't, unless you've got your list there, you might, you might tell me something that I might have seen. But I don't think I've seen him outside of James Bond. Uh, yeah, I mean, most. I went through this with Noah. Most of the movies he's been in, I haven't seen. I, I'm vaguely familiar with the saint i think i saw a couple episodes of it you know back when i was a teenager and had just seen the bond movies my mom was like oh yeah roger moore did a spy tv show you should watch it but he it i wouldn't say he's typecast though because if you look at his career he had a big career he was in lots of movies you know the saint was huge for him even he was the only guy who was ever cast as james bond as a big name and yet you can't say he's anything other than james bond like you said you know the, the headlines are james bond passes away uh, I just saw a People magazine cover, and it's like this giant-sized tribute issue to Roger Moore, and it's him as James Bond oh, and all that. Um, I get that. Yeah, well, you're there. You can get the the North American. I, I need version. to look for that. <laughs> Thanks for letting me know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thank you for uh, letting me know about the People magazine, Cohen. Uh, <laughs> ben, you must buy it. I'm on the front cover of People. It's quite illuminating. This cover. Um, the quest with Jean Claude Van Damme. That was probably the only one I saw. My brother rented that uh we were younger and uh like oh cool roger moore's in this but yeah i mean it it doesn't really matter that he's typecast and it never really mattered to him that's the other funny thing like i think we're we're going back we were saying originally like he embraced this role so much uh one of my earliest memories probably before i had seen any roger moore movie you know i was familiar with who he was uh but there's a radio uh show here and roger moore was in winnipeg doing some play and I think it was only like a one-week engagement or something like that. And uh, they had Roger Moore on. And he, usually when you get like a, you've done radio, you get a big celebrity on 
to your show, I mean, how long are they usually on for? Are they on for 20 minutes, 10 minutes? Oh, look, it depends on it depends on who they ask. I mean, they can range anywhere from five minutes to, yeah, 20. And they generally will always say to you, like, you've got a set amount of time. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing with this is I remember, you know, even though I, I only knew who he was, I remember what a big deal it seemed like to me because they would get other big guests on this show and Roger Moore was on for like two hours straight, I think. I think he came on at whatever scheduled time was, and he stayed with him for the entire morning. And wow. they didn't ask him about James Bond at all the whole time. They were just talking to him like a regular guy. And then the last five minutes before they went off the air, they said, can you just once give it to us? Like, just just say, my name is Bond, James Bond. And you could tell by the way they were asking that, oh, we don't want to bother James Bond here with more James Bond questions. We just <laughs> spent two hours talking to him about this play he's doing. And Roger Moore just, like, embraced it. Like, he gave it everything. He was like, my name is Bond, James Bond. Like, it was the classic Moore line. And it just, it cracked me up even as a kid listening to this. Uh, wow. And I can still remember, like, very clearly just the awkwardness they had. And then they just break out cheering and applauding. There was a crowd there listening to the interview. Like, it was a great memory of seeing just how even in 1995, you know, uh, 1996 or something like that, whenever it was, how much he loved being James Bond still. I mean, it was basically the last role he had. Yeah, and, and that's what, uh, kind of going back to what I was saying about the fact that I appreciate that he embraces it. And, yeah, it's only really him and Brosnan that I feel really do embrace it mm-hmm. post-James Bond. I mean, Dalton kind of is just, I think he does, but he just kind of moved on to more serious things, I guess. And, I mean, Lazenby, that's all he's got. So, you know, that's all he's kind mm-hmm. of like. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> come on the show, George. But, um, yeah, it's. Yeah, I, I, I do remember you telling that story, but I mean, it's great when they do that. And because, you know, like I know having done, you know, and doing radio, when you get somebody on your show for another purpose, but they're, say, very well known for another role or something like that, you know, you will often get their publicists say to you, do not talk about this. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they don't want to talk about James Bond at all. You need to talk about this. And it, it's hard sometimes, particularly if you're a fan of that person, you're interviewing them. Um, so, like, for him to be able to kind of do that, and you know, good on the radio host for doing it right at the end, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you, yeah, you, that's good, good way of doing it. Put them on the spot live on air, so at least if they refuse, then they come across as a dick, not you. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I said the last role he had. I didn't mean that literally, but no and I were mentioning, like, <laughs> the roles he took after that, I mean, it took him five years before he really did another movie again. And it was usually, like, small supporting roles, cameos, uh, I think the quest. I think he had like three scenes or something like that. Um, he, he did a voice in Cats and Dogs: The Revenge of Kitty Galore in 2010, oh, playing a character okay. named Tab Lazenby, which I think is kind of huh? funny. <laughs> um, oh, I didn't know that. There you go. I actually haven't seen. Look, I'm a huge fan of the original Cats and Dogs, but I've never seen the second one. <laughs> and it's called The Revenge of Kitty Galore. Like, well, how have we not done, uh, done an episode on this yet? Yeah, well, I mean, we have done any of our parody ones we've talked about. I mean, you know, no awesome powers, anything, but add it to the list. Add it to the list. <laughs> um, do you think, you know, Roger Moore, his idea, he loved playing James Bond, but I think he knew that the age was becoming a problem before the, the rest of the producers and creative team did because from what I remember, he tried to step away from the role after Fear Eyes only. And mm. because there's all those audition tapes out there from Octopussy when they had James Brolin, uh, was it James? Yeah, James Brolin, when he was basically picked. And then they backtracked and said, oh, no, we're going to stick with Roger Moore for another one. And then he wanted to step away after Octopussy. And they're like, well, let's do one more of you to a kill. Um, 
I think if he had his way, he would have stepped away earlier, but he just kept doing it because the public demanded. And that's the thing that gets lost now when people for years look back and they're like, Roger Moore stayed too long. Roger Moore didn't want to stay that long. And one of the reasons why he was there that long was because of how popular he was. And I think that we're living this age where Sean Connery is the god of James Bond, which, I mean, he really is. And, you know, Daniel Craig is like the greatest dramatic James Bond ever, where people downplay the other Bonds and the success they had. You can't even compare, like, the box office grosses, how Pierce Brosnan revived the series, to what Moore had. When you look at, like, the box office grosses of Moonraker, I mean, Moonraker, I believe, for adjusted grosses, second only to Thunderball, is, like, the highest grossing Bond film of all time. And that's yeah. the Bond in space that nobody likes, apparently. Well, that was, the what, the number one grossing one until Goldeneye, wasn't it? Mm. Like, it held that for a good 16 years or so. But, yeah, and, like, it's, it's interesting kind of going what you're saying about how like he, he didn't really want to do it but he kind of kept doing it and kept doing it um, and what what did he say I think is after a view to a kill when he, he realised he finally like okay this has got to stop because he was <laughs> older than what's mom. named yeah mum yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, but like it's, it's, it's so interesting when you compare kind of like how each of the bonds I guess come to an end with it all you know how Connery always was like and he didn't want to do it and kind of came back and then you know Brosnan technically only got fired and you know you look at um uh daniel craig you know one minute he wants to kill himself the next he's i don't know what the fuck he's and we still don't know at the time of this hey we, we don't know what he's doing this time in 24 hours they're going to announce that he will be bond again because that's what we apparently do yeah <laughs> um but we're, we're future tellers but um yeah yeah it's 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 interesting in terms of um that yeah that he kind of wanted to go but because he's, he's just nice, isn't he? He's just, he's just nice, Roger. He well, was nice at the time. Like, box office grosses alone, I want to look up what A View to a Kill did here. Because um, usually when you have these actors, like, oh, they overstayed their welcome. You know, you look at the, even the Superman series. It wasn't because of Christopher Reeve, obviously, but, like, the box office gross just plummeted at, at one point for, you know, what Christopher Reeve did. Um, and with A View to a Kill, it was still, like... Uh, Timothy Dalton would have been glad to have the box office grosses of view to a kill oh yeah a couple of years later when license to kill came out you know um obviously there are some people who are like well we want to change the series but the most interesting like you said it was when roger moore realized that tanya roberts mother was old in nowhere in any of these stories is to say when the producers realized or you know when the public said this like everybody would have been glad to have him play james bond until he was 70 years old if he would have gone along with it <laughs> so he would have been younger than when he finished like yeah <laughs> Uh, do you have a favorite Roger Moore moment uh, from the series or a couple of favorite moments? It's almost too hard to narrow uh, down. Look, I mean, even just going into that booyak, like, <laughs> you know, I know we recently obviously did the, the commentary on that, but um, just like, he, again, what I was saying before, his facial expressions, mm-hmm. like he just he could sell a scene without saying a word. And he's, I think, the only James Bond that can probably own that 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his one-liners, just, again, I never respected him enough for those, just how he handles it. Um, was it Live and Let Die with the, the line about the mongoose and the snake? Like, there's a yeah. snake in my room. It's like, oh, <laughs> we don't have a mongoose. Like, um, I love how he delivers that one. And, um, you know, all the closing bits of the movies, you oh. know, she's just coming to. Uh, <laughs> just, <laughs> and... Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's there's so many, and I, I, it's, it's funny actually. I just I recently listened to one of our best ofs, and um, 
when uh, we were talking about Goldfinger, when, you know, the whole Pussy Galore, I Must Be Dreaming line, how it was brought up, like, if that was a Roger Moore line, it would be, like, named after your mother. Yeah. Like, you know, just, like, imagining more in, like, you know, different Bond films and how he'd react, you know. And I think that's kind of, like, he's maybe one of the only ones you can do that with a lot of films because, like, again, just just how he is like and as you going back to your your thing about saying like he just plays himself you know he's not playing james bond so there's just so many moments with him i mean he did like 700 films so obviously uh you know there's there's a lot to choose from but if i just had to choose one i mean i'm just gonna stand by i think the facial expressions i mean it's just he's just was so good at selling a scene based purely on a look or just a, a twitch of the mouth or you know anything along those lines uh, you know, Roger Moore gets so much credit for his comic stuff. His dramatic stuff that he did was fantastic. Um, with the scenes in uh, the, the, the one with um, Anya in Spy Who Loved Me, where she's running through his, you know, his entire resume, and you know, mentions about the the wife. You know, had one wife, and then he's like, "All right, you've made your point." And it's like, "Oh, you're sensible." Something like. That's something that I don't think Sean Connery... We talked about this during Honor Majesty's Secret Service that one thing Lazy Me doesn't get enough credit for are moments he was able to play that you know for a fact Sean Connery, even an Oscar winner like Sean Connery, could not have pulled off. And I don't think a scene like that Sean Connery could pull off. I struggle to think about how Sean Connery could have played any of the stuff with uh, uh, Tracy and her death. And Roger Moore found a way to bring it back several times in his series, and each time it's kind of like a touching moment. Like even when he's visiting her grave at the beginning of Fear Eyes Only, and uh, you know, little things like that that he brought to it. And there was a toughness. Like I think Sean Connery, he had those great fight scenes in the early movies. You know, Pierce Brosnan was a very physical Bond. Daniel Craig's a very physical Bond. Roger Moore kind of gets lost in the shuffle. And there are some really good, like, physical moments he has, not necessarily just in the fight scenes, but just the physical presence he had, particularly when he was younger in Live and Let Die. I think about that uh, gunfight that he has in Live and Let Die in the graveyard, uh, where the Baron Samdi and the snakes and all that. Uh, and I thought mm. that was better than the climax in the movie where a man's head explodes because it inflates too big. <laughs> but yeah, like, he, I think there are a lot of things that I'm not going to say that they... Uh, underutilized Roger Moore because his strength was in the comedy and you go with that but everything else he was given even if there are only a handful of dramatic moments like the you know scene with Anya or uh, a handful of the you know great fight scenes he has those still stand out and no and I talk about the chemistry he had with people we've obviously mentioned you know lacked a bit of sexual chemistry with some of these women but like how anybody could be in a scene with BB <laughs> and make it that amusing. Like it, it, it really shows how good he was and how comfortable people were with him too. I mean, the guy had chemistry with everybody. I'm, I'm going to mention it again and again because he's so good. Coral Jr. He had chemistry with Coral Jr. Coral Jr. Doesn't have chemistry with anybody. <laughs> Coral Jr. Doesn't have chemistry with himself. Like he, he he's non-existent other than Ben's mind. <laughs> so good like uh, uh any other good like partnerships you can think of where he really just played off of an actor so well oh i think him and anya in in spy love me was mm-hmm. easily number one um and what's the name um uh i'm blank on the name mustasha from uh for your eyes only <laughs> Melina, yeah. uh, there you go uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry just, just had to had to do that um 
yeah, like even even like as silly as it sounds, like not necessarily like, but like even him and Q, like you always look at the you know the Bond interactions with all the Qs, like you know the the identigraph is you know oh. the nose Q, not a banana, <laughs> like just <laughs> you know, just like how he dealt with Q, like uh-huh. I don't know, like he does it, like he just does it in a way, like with his chemistry that like you know Bond is a sarcastic jerk a lot of the times, but like you never get like him being a jerk mm-hmm. about it. You yeah. know what I mean? Whereas there are plenty of times with, you know, Craig and Brosnan and Connery and everyone where you're like, okay, you're a bit of a douche there, Bond. Like, calm down. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, you, you never, I feel, got that with with more because of that chemistry that he has with people and just that, that natural ability he has, has with it. So, yeah, I completely agree with everything you were saying in terms of that chemistry. And it's interesting, like, yeah, the physical side of things. I mean, I never think of Roger Moore as a physical bond ever. It's just, and even like the sort of the sexual side of things with that character. Like, I think we've talked about, you know, the different ways the bonds bed the women and that sort of stuff. But I mean, you know, Moore just relies purely on his, you know, charm and sophistication, which is a lot of what I think Bond has to be. It's like, a, you know, again, a big problem I have with Craig is I just don't think he's charming and sophisticated. Whereas, you know, Moore had that in spades. So. It's it's interesting to kind of look at two things that people always associate with Bond, like you know the sex and the and the violence, and how he doesn't necessarily have a lot of it, but he still pulls it off when he needs to. Uh, chemistry. I mean, we could just go on forever with this, but I, I spent a lot of time defending her, and I don't think we can give enough credit to what Roger Moore brought to uh, Bond and Mary Goodnight uh, with Britt Eklund. Oh. I know I said over and over again like how great of a comic actress Britt Eklund is and I think that's why it works for me so well because most of the time when you look at him and uh, Anya I mean she's not a very good actress it's a well written character and you know her and Moore play so well off each other even Mustache as you said uh, you're not really looking at like these well experienced actresses and Britt Eklund was so good with comedy as well that the scenes they have are fantastic even when they're just on the radio with each other it's like good night I hate yeah. to ask you big questions <laughs> um, <laughs> just when he when he hides her in the closet I mean they just they're so much fun to watch together um, Rosie Carver another one of my favorites <laughs> um, yeah that, that's the whole mongoose one you're talking about his scenes with Q it is interesting you bring that up because I think Pierce is great with the Q scenes, but I always feel like Pierce is playing it the way Sean Connery would play it. And Roger Moore had his own way of playing with Q. It was a completely different rapport. And I feel like with Q, Q probably got a kick out of the Roger Moore bond. (laughs) Um, You know, the whole banana comment, like you mentioned, like I I just feel like these two guys probably got along well. That's kind of the relationship that him and Lois Maxwell had, but I can imagine Desmond Llewellyn and Roger Moore had a blast working together too. Um, yeah, everybody he was on screen with, it was just, I can't think of one bad coupling he had. You know, maybe Stacy uh, in A View to a Kill, but as we've said, he was probably feeling pretty awkward at that point. So uh, let's give him well, a little. Well, it's, gra- it's Grandpa and his, his granddaughter, as we've discovered. Yeah, like, exactly. Just, you know, having a nice time in San Francisco with each other. Yeah. <laughs> um, one other thing I wanted to mention, this is just uh, kind of throwing out comments. Everybody's familiar with how much praise Roger Moore has had for Daniel Craig, and even Daniel Craig, you know, uh, talking about how uh, great it is that Roger Moore has said he was his favorite James Bond, that he's the greatest James Bond ever. Uh, George Lazenby recently came out and made a comment on Roger Moore and saying that Roger Moore years ago told him that he thought that Lazenby made a better Bond than he did. 
Now, no. if you read this comment before Roger Moore died, it would seem like Lazenby with a bit of an ego. Oh yeah, Roger Moore said I was better than him. This feels like something Roger Moore would say, and I think that's another one of the reasons why Roger Moore is so great, is because he never looked at himself as the greatest James Bond. Like He was always looking for ways to compliment people. And this isn't a knock against Lazenby. We, we have a lot of defenses for Lazenby on here, but Lazenby's not even in the same league as Roger Moore. And for Roger Moore to say that, I mean, that that's just... It, it's The guy's going to live on forever as, like, the most likable actor in history. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And um, I, I wasn't aware that those comments were made in that with Lazenby and all that sort of stuff. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of making me sad now to think that he actually is dead. Not that it would make me sad before. It's not like just hitting me now. But um, it's kind of just, like thinking of all these things that obviously we're going to miss out I mean I mean it's, it's life everyone's going to you know we all die eventually but it's kind of like whenever you have someone like this in a, in a role that you grow up with and you know you love the, the, the film series and that sort of stuff and like I guess even that's where our comments were coming from in that episode the other week it's like well hey like one of these guys is going to die soon maybe you know <laughs> and um, it's kind of you know sad that it's, it's happened um, and yeah and it was Sir Roger that's sad Poor Roger. But Roger Ward's going to live on forever. Um, yeah. <laughs> this isn't the end for him. He'll he'll find a way to come back to us. <laughs> yeah. Apparently. Somehow. More. Roger Moore. More. Roger Moore. <laughs> um, <laughs> anything else to add on Roger Moore before we close this out here? It's it's. I think it's fun to be able to talk about I, I I think we're going to have a different reaction when... It's going to happen in 48 hours. I'm sorry. Um, when Sean Connery does die, I think we're going to have a different reaction. And I don't know if it's, you know, it's not necessarily a negative thing, but Sean Connery's, you know, he kind of, I like that he went out on his career on his own terms and everything. But uh, as a James Bond fan, I don't think he embraced it in the same way. And I think that's one of the reasons why people right now aren't like, you know, oh, it's so sad. Like Roger Moore lived, like the guy that was how old? Like 90 or something or... 92. I think he was, was he not a year older than Connery? Did we not, or was he younger than Connery? I think uh, he was a year older than Connery. Yeah, he, he well, he died, um, I guess, right around 90 years old, so, mm. or just before his 90th birthday, so, um, yeah. I, I feel, I feel just quickly kind of what you're saying there, and I don't know if you're about to touch on this, but I, I definitely feel when uh, Connery does go that the headlines won't read Bond actor Con- Sean Connery died, but Sean Connery's esteemed enough, mm-hmm. well-regarded enough, that he just needs to be Sir Sean Connery. Sadly, he's passed away. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and they, and like James Bond is just a is a credit on his resume. Whereas you know like Roger Moore obviously had that. I mean you would you would say obviously when Lazenby goes, that would be Bond. Timothy Dalton probably Pierce Brosnan. I reckon Definitely. would again be just Pierce Brosnan dies and Daniel Craig. Well, I, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Like fifty years when he does die. But yeah, but Sean Connery I think has got that at least that very much high esteem that. Um, you know, and I and I like it's, it's sad to say this in a way too, because it's generally how the media works. But I think Sean Connery's death will be a bit more of a bigger deal than not that Roger Moore's isn't a big deal. I mean, clearly he's on the cover of People magazine. Come mm. on, um, but I think that yeah, I, I feel, and I, I guess I'm not paying as much attention to like news as I am over while I'm travelling. But I feel like kind of that's already left the news cycle. That you know, Sir Roger Moore, like, did he have a memorial a funeral was that covered i i I don't know yeah i mean i i know there was one it's not like making the biggest news but yet his death made big news and i think you know Mm. what what i'm kind of going with this whole thing you know with sean connery is that sean connery kind of retired from everything and then like i was saying earlier roger moore spent his final years reminding the public not of his own career but just in in how 
True. important James Bond should be to everybody by saying things like Lazenby, you are better than me. Daniel Craig's the greatest James Bond. When Skyfall came out, he said it's the greatest James Bond movie ever, writing the book on Bond. And even just the charity work, I mean, he spent his last days, you know, uh, working for UNICEF and everything. And it was when we went over this with Noah, it was interesting, but like Roger Moore has been diagnosed with multiple forms of cancer going back to as early as 1993. So it's one of these things where I feel like, you know, maybe people should have been expecting it, but there's very few actors. When you look at Carrie Fisher, you know, people were very sad by it because, like, well, she had a lot more left to give. And this isn't a knock against Roger Moore. It's saying the guy retired from Bond 30-some-odd years ago, and look at what he was able to accomplish after that. I mean, it's almost like a happy thing. It's like, look at this man, 90 years old, and what he was able to do all the way up until his death. Yeah, completely agree. He went out that way and it's just funny how you're saying like um you know he, this, i mean it sounds horrible the way i'm going to start this conversation i please don't think i'm laughing at the first bit here it's funny that you say that he obviously got cancer in 93 and he's lived it like with it for this long just like james bond he kept going and going yeah. and going and then finally finally he stopped yeah <laughs> exactly yeah i don't think it's a disrespectful thing to say i mean the man no. lived forever <laughs> Uh, we're talking about all the things he did after he stopped playing Bond. Um, yeah, it's the, the guy's legendary. Uh, that, there's, I don't think, as, even though we said you know when Pierce Brosnan passed it and everything like that, I feel like in some ways Roger Moore next to Sean Connery will always be the biggest deal for James Bond just because of how long he played. And Noah and I mentioned that you know, Daniel Craig is only a few years away. If he makes another movie, he will have played James Bond just as long as Roger Moore did, but nobody has done as many movies, at least in one sitting. You can't really count Connery coming back over and over again. So uh, long live Roger yeah. Moore. Um, we will miss you. <laughs> We're sorry, <laughs> the rest of the world. The We're world sorry. So to his family and friends, I apologize. <laughs> that was mean of me. And to Sean Connery as well, I apologize in advance. And not to plug our own show, but like we have so much great Roger Moore stuff. If you just want to go listen to some great Roger Moore things, I and mean, we've covered now both of View to a Kill and Man with Golden Gun, the commentaries. We did recaps for all of his movies. We did recaps of his the recaps for all of his movies. You know, we did the ranking the Bond. Coming episodes. soon, the recap of the recap of the recap. Coming soon, the recap of the Roger Moore tribute episode of Double Haw Seven. <laughs> and <laughs> followed, then a commentary. Followed by the live commentary. <laughs> Uh, I remember this bit when we said this and I was in the bus station. Yes, yeah, so good time. Yeah. Good time. <laughs> well, and thank you for joining us from the bus station too. I, I think we've, we've, all three of us have kind of been bending over backwards. How do we figure out a way to get this episode out here, you know, just so we can put something out there. You know, we weren't planning on recording uh, our next commentary, which I've already forgotten what is our next one. Is it Skyfall? Skyfall. Yeah. Skyfall, yes. Roger Moore's favorite. See, I'm, I'm sitting here for the last two weeks thinking, should we break our rule and do you know, live and let die or something, another Roger Moore. But Roger Moore's favorite James Bond was Skyfall, so that's what we'll bring you next. That's the way we're spinning this. Yes, that's that's a good way of looking at it. And maybe at the end of that, we will only randomize numbers of Roger Moore films we haven't done just yet to then catch up or we tribute at that point. Like Cats and Dogs, Revenge of Kitty Galore. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I really i am dying to see that movie now that I know he's in it. So, yeah. is, is, Jeff, is Jeff Goldblum still in the second one? Like, come on, Jeff Goldblum's in the first Cats and Dogs movie. That's why it's so awesome. Uh, Nick Nolte is in it, apparently. <laughs> yeah, stuff Nick Nolte. He's not Jeff Goldblum. Chris come O'Donnell. <laughs> oh, really? He still does movies? Like, come on. <laughs> well, this was 2010, only 10 years right, removed okay. from Vertical Limit. Uh, 
let's get off Chris, o- Chris O'Donnell is a male Alicia Silverstone <laughs> he's gonna be dead in 48 hours and we're gonna regret not deleting this <laughs> hey Alicia so. Silverstone's still alive so <laughs> well n- until you brought her up right there she was oh god there's gonna be just like an earthquake in LA next week brother. all these celebrities are dead because of us Ben's no longer allowed to talk on this show um, <laughs> yeah. we're removing him cable your own. everybody has been waiting that everybody has that, look let's be honest that's why you want me to keep talking about Dinah today so I might get a raise from people's memory yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, thank you for joining us on this episode and Noah as well it was great to have him back and I'm sure we'll have all three of us back soon enough uh, once you're back and Noah's back and I'm the only one who never leaves their country apparently <laughs> yeah. except when you go to Minneapolis yeah that's right uh, yeah <laughs> Uh, so thank you for listening to this episode and we're not going to close it with tagging all of our cheesy stuff you know where we are if you're listening to this we're just going to say we love you Roger Moore and always give us more Roger Moore Illuminate my name is Bob James a woman missed Mr. Bond did I? Get your clothes on. I'll buy you an ice cream. Tom, what do you think you're doing? Keeping the British end up, sir. It's a charming tune.